and we welcome you. We welcome all you want to do in our lives this morning, despite if we're feeling tired or weary or sadness or happiness, whatever it is, we just right now lay it all before you and say, um, come and have your way in our midst, Lord. We ask you to fill Kirk up now, that he would move with you, he would hear you and he would see you this morning and all he needs to do and say, bless him now, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen. Maybe not. Yes, there we are. There we are. I can hear it. Excellent. Thanks, mate. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. A little bit of uh, <laughs> IT just to help wake us up a bit. Hey, um, this morning we're going to obviously continue in teaching down this uh, series that we've been looking at, the prayer of Jesus um, and um, what he taught his disciples to pray. And it's been interesting the last few weeks where not only have we been asking the Lord to teach us to pray by giving us some kingdom tools out of his word, but he's been teaching us how to pray with his presence, being led by his presence, by the Holy Spirit. So what I thought we might do just before we um, kick into a few points that I want to make this morning out of the scriptures, I thought we might just take stock for a minute because um, I know like a heap of families are away on holidays and with their kids and stuff and that's really awesome so uh, they'll probably catch up on this online but um, I want to just take stock last last weekend was um, well actually I was talking to a young man who I think it was probably his second time he's ever been in a church as, as an 18-year-old, and he was here last Sunday. And I said, what do you make of that? And um, so just to give you an, an idea of if you weren't here, the that that I'm talking about is that, um, you know, as we were worshipping, the Holy Spirit came and began to bring the Father's love with real freedom. And the Holy Spirit landed on a few people in a very demonstrative way, which, um, which I love because I need all the help I can get. You know, I need to see things <laughs> to be able to know what's going on. Otherwise, I'm just like, what is happening? And so there was this physical demonstration of God's love, like invading the room. And his love was, um, it was a, quite dramatic and powerful and presence and um, there was all sorts of stuff going on in the room for many people, many people. There was a lot of people in tears, there were people sitting there like just trying to hold themselves together because it felt like they were about to pop and um, we there was people lamenting, there was people interceding for those that are desperate for the kingdom of God to break through. <clears throat> there was delivering power. So, you know, the God of delivering love came and was setting people free from both the power of their pain and also demonic infrastructure and setting them free. And there was just it was just going on all over the room. 
And so what I thought it might be really important to do just for a few moments is take stock of what the Spirit was teaching us in that moment. What was Because it? it was obviously God was trying to teach us how to pray. We've been saying, teach us to pray. We've been asking Jesus, teach us to pray. We've been asking the Father, connect us with what's on your heart so we know how to pray at a time like this when our world is going through all that it's going through. And then the Spirit turns up in power and He is teaching us in that moment how to pray. And so a couple of observations, you know, that it's really important because um, some, some might say that that was not a normal Sunday. But for me, that, that, that is normal. That is what it looks like when the kingdom of God turns up and God's love comes and just pours out his love on people. And it's powerful and demonstrative, it's physical, it's um, engaging, it's activating. It's also for a number of people, uh, you know, we, have, we had one of those weeks where we just got lots of feedback after last weekend. It was wonderful. But for some people, it was like a moment where they were like, I don't know if I can actually stay in the room because of the love of God was so profound and so present, and some people kind of had to step out of the room for a moment. And what was beautiful was to see that other people of Jesus went out out of the room with them and just stood with them and loved them and prayed with them, and then they came back in and engaged again with what God was doing. And so their their fear and also their historical, you know, pains that were being sort of min- touched in that moment, all of a sudden were being consumed by the love of God. It was, it was incredibly um, life-giving. And um, it, that, that, is, that is kingdom of God 101. When that's not happening, we need to ask ourselves, why not? Why not? And um, we, we in the vineyard, we love the Holy Spirit. We love His presence. We love His power. There's a lot of people that want to have a lot of commentary about who we are, and they're free to have that commentary. We're not, we're not bound by their commentary. We're, our, our story is one of following Jesus and our obedience to welcome him, to do what he wants and to have his way. And um, it's an amazing thing. So I just want you to think for a moment. Just catch for a moment in your own mind Over this last month, as we have been asking Jesus to teach us how to pray, what is the like the prominent thing? He may have been teaching many things to you, but just take a moment and and what is that prominent thing that he's been teaching you, even as he's been teaching us how to pray together? So just take a moment. What is it that he's been teaching you about how to pray in this last few weeks?
That's good. Yeah. 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 That's that's good. That's good. So there's a reprioritizing I'm hearing there in what you're saying. It's like the Father's saying, hey, just come to me first and let me with you work out the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. That's a great, that's a great life kingdom discipleship lesson right there. Even as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, we pray our Father. We start with our Father. We don't start with our need. We start with our Father. All right, who else has got something? Who else has got something that's been on the the learning curve for you in the last few weeks about teach me to pray? Liz, nice and loud if you can for us. Three R's. So receive from him, rest, yeah, yep, and rejoicing in him. That's wonderful, Liz. Thank you. Again, it's all orientated again, isn't it, on him and who he is and his character and his ways. It's good stuff. Who else has got something that's they've been learning? Sylvia, nice and loud for us. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you for that work, Holy Spirit. Be more loving. Be more loving. Which if, if, if I was to unpack that with you a little bit more, I, I would wonder if it's actually the Lord, because he's orientating that through you for others, for the sake of others. It's actually about allowing more of who he is in you through you. Rather than having to, you're coming from a place of deficit and I need more, it's actually me becoming more open to allowing him in me to for the sake of others. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Beautiful. To others. Yep. Beautiful. Thanks, Sil. Who else has been learning something that Jesus has been teaching them? Lizzie. Yeah, if you could stand up, please. That'd be great. 
Yeah. You all right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, Lizzie. Thank you. Incre no, that that's very powerful. Very, um, very transparent of you to share about about the 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 the, the cruciform life. I love the way you phrased that. You said the the work of the cross is finished, but the work of the cross is ongoing. And I like that. that. I think that's that's a really dynamic illustration of, yes, Jesus has, has done all that's needed to be done, and now that needs to be worked out. And he's inviting his people to be the people of the cross in him and through him 
and see the kingdom come. So yeah, thanks. That's a big lesson that you're learning about prayer. Thanks, Lizzie. Uh, maybe one or two more. Maybe one or two more, if there's one or two more that might like to. Brad. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that, Brad. Yep, far away. Mm, beautiful. Which, you know, as we've been learning to pray, as when, when the disciples asked Jesus, hey, how do, we, how do we pray? How do we enter that space of relationship that you share with the Father? How do we, and then see the outworkings of that? How do we engage with that? How do we grow up into that? And he says, well, you know, start with the Father and realizing who the Father is and then ask for his rule and reign and his will to be done. Uh, so it starts with him, flows from him, and it's all about him into the world for the sake of the world. It's really good, good stuff. I'm glad that you guys are um, engaging with the conversation that the Holy Spirit's having with each of you in this season. It's really important. And, and, and what just happened there um, with people just sharing a, a little bit of what what um, the, the, the Holy Spirit's been teaching them, that's, that's what it looks like in just a very naturally supernatural way, not, not an overinflated way, but just as we are, this is, this is God at work among us. And so you've actually been taught by one another. You, you've been taught by one another, not a guru in this moment. You've been taught by one another because Christ is in you. You are the body of the living Christ. You are the ones who are filled with the righteousness of God. You know, I was a little, perhaps a little too pointed a few weeks ago when I stood up here and said, don't ring me. <laughs> you guys have got this, your circumstance, you got it. I mean, I hope I wasn't too, I mean, my phone hasn't stopped fully, but uh, I hope I wasn't, too, you know, you heard me in the right spirit. You guys are filled with the spirit of the living God. You guys have got all of the resources of, of heaven and, and the kingdom of God in you to be able to engage in the very steps and of your life circumstances. The other things I witnessed last weekend was um, I, I, I saw a lot of gifts of the Holy Spirit activated all of a sudden. There was, um, you know, in, in, in talking with uh, one person afterwards, they said, wow, that was... I, you know, that was a bit new for me. And they said they felt like they could, 
when, when it, they, they said when they could hear a number of voices at one time coming out of this person that was being set free. And I said, yeah, that, that's right. I said, that's called discernment. Uh, and discernment is, yeah, when the spirit falls and touches a human being and invades them with the love of the Father to set them free, what you're going to hear is you're going to hear a few things. You're going to hear their flesh. Ah! You're going to hear and the, the pain in their heart that they carry. You're going to hear that. That's all them. And that's all good. That's okay. You're going to hear demonic stuff coming out. Lies and all sorts of mistruths and all that sort of stuff popping out. That's right. And then you're going to hear the Holy Spirit. At the same time, you may have remembered in the midst of all of that last weekend, there was this beautiful like moment where this person is being loved on and then you hear them calling out, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. And you can only, Paul, the, the scriptures tell us, you can only make that good confession because it's a work of the Holy Spirit. So you... You, when the Spirit comes, you're going to hear all of that at the one time. It's, and it's, it's, it's very um, real and to be expected. You're going to hear a person in their flesh calling out. You're going to hear the demonic coming out. And you're going to hear the Holy Spirit pouring out the Lordship of Christ in that moment. It's never clean. It's, it's like... Um, you know, it's just the way it is. Sure. Yes, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obeying the Spirit, yep. Thanks, Ollie. That was, yeah, that was wonderful to watch you actually partner with what the Holy Spirit was doing in you firstly and then to see you um, move toward another. You know, that's, that's where, that's the work of the Holy Spirit like Sylvia was talking about earlier. The Holy Spirit will 
if we partner with him, if we, uh, uh, you know, humbly and courageously go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to let you have your way here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in this moment. Um, we we then become able to be empowered to move towards, move towards another because we're experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. And then that moment was great. You you've stepped into your authority. I remember you. I remember hearing some of the words that was actually coming out of you because you were you were um, praying to the effect of something along these lines like i am authorized to do this and i was like she's got it she's got it gosh if the body of christ would just let the penny drop you know <laughs> you got it and just move move with those nuances of the holy spirit now now, to get to that point, though, to get to that point where you're participating in the authority of God and declaring the kingdom of God into another person's um, context and, and life, you had to deal with a sense of both resistance in you and around you that wanted to disqualify and shut you down and put you down. But you chose to partner with the Spirit and with the help of another part of the body, Coming alongside, you partnered together, you realized who it is that's in you, and you allowed God to move you beyond your own fears and even your own expectations and anticipations, and you partnered with Jesus for the sake of another. Isn't that great? I mean, this is how it works. I mean, I'm just trying to peel back the, you know, if you you take the screen off and you look at all the mechanisms that are at play behind the screen. This is what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus and to do the stuff of Jesus. It's good stuff. Sorry? Oh, I didn't get back to the 18-year-old. Yeah, uh, yeah, the 18-year-old. I said, I said to him, um, I said, what did you think about all of that? And I was thinking in my mind, it would absolutely like have him all a bit freaked out. What was interesting was, um, through the course of what was happening, I noticed a couple of the young adults came around and sat with him. That have been here for a season, these young adults. They came and they sat with him. And as they sat with him, they just helped to interpret what was happening. I oh, see that noise. That's what this is. You see what's happening there? That's what God's doing in that. You can hear that. That's the Holy Spirit. They just coached this 18-year-old into an understanding of what was going on, and which I thought is another great and just another awesome thing that was picked up in the course of last Sunday morning. I'm like, this is going on everywhere. It's beautiful. The activating work of the Spirit to help others know what God is doing. That's all our job is as Jesus people. You know that. It's just to come alongside others and go, oh, that's, that's God. <laughs> Oh, that's God trying to get your attention. Oh, that's God interrupting you in, you know, with his presence and with words of, is it? oh, that's God. And that's what it looks like. It's, that's our role. We, we help join the dots. We help connect people. Well, anyway, this 18-year-old, um, I'm expecting him to be all flipped out and wigged out. But he was like, oh, well, yeah, that was, that was really interesting. And actually afterwards, he had a whole series of questions. Because his framework was 
um, all of these spiritual things that he sees on TV. And that was what was taking place for him in this room last weekend was he realized it was supernatural, but in no way was he fearful of it. It was just, well, that's a bit intense, but he wasn't fearful because he, he, he didn't have any religious framework. He didn't have any, uh, you know, churchianity on him. He was just, oh, okay, this is what happens when God's people get together and God turns up. I just think that was, uh, there's a lot of people like that guy all around you, all around us all the time. They're just waiting for someone to help them join the dots. Oh, that's God. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to let you know he loves you. He's trying to let you know about the goodness of his son, Jesus, who wants to take away all that sin and condemnation and guilt and heaviness off your life and set you free so you can enjoy the kingdom. Oh, that's God. You guys are not only authorized, but you're invited as disciples to help join the dots with people. That, that was a great one. So that, that, that's what was happening. That's what was happening for that young guy last weekend. It was really good. Um, <clears throat> well, there we go. I've chewed up my time today. But let me, let me I'm going to quickly flick to one scripture. Before we get there, though, can we go to, on the screen there, Isaac, can we go to the Lord's Prayer? And we, uh, um, I think it's about the th- third one along. There it is. Thanks, mate. Hey, let's, let's stand together because, and, and, and we're going to pray this together because our Father, this is, a, this is a prayer of the people of the kingdom. This is a prayer that gets prayed together with each other in the presence of our Father. So let's, this then is how you should pray. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Please take a seat. I'm going to just quickly jump across to um, last week I mentioned about bread, three bread stories. And I just want to dig into one of those bread stories just for a few moments. So on slide um, slide six, uh, Isaac, and if you've got your Bible with you, in, in Exodus, in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 16, I think this is really good, a, a, a great bread story from the Old Testament that talks about who our Father is. Remember how it, when in, we unpacked that our Father? Our Father is the Father the father of the exodus of the people of Israel. Okay, so that's who we're invoking in that prayer. We are invoking the God of Israel and we are calling on the father of the exodus. And so the story is, here's God's people. They're under the rule of Egypt and Pharaoh. They're living this oppressed circumstance and life. Their daily experience is that they live under um, oppression and the, um, the will of Pharaoh or the king of Egypt, who both understood himself to be both a human being uh, who is, has power, 
but also understood himself to be a God, a God, so had spiritual power as well. So Pharaoh is telling the people of Israel, who are his workforce, more bricks, more bricks, more bricks, more bricks. And so they're living under this oppression. But somehow, it's interesting, in this moment of oppression, the nation of the people, that people is growing and flourishing and multiplying and, and, and being, becoming fruitful. It's really interesting. Under the oppressive rule, they're still multiplying and growing and the purposes of God are beginning to gain uh, muscle and momentum and multiplication. And that's all happening. And then finally, God calls Moses and says, Hey, Moses, I want you to lead my people out from underneath the rule of Pharaoh. Now, there's a whole backstory on Moses. I won't go into that today, but that's a huge story in itself. And anyways, Moses goes to Pharaoh, hey, let the people of God go so they can go and worship God. Now, that is a bit of a back and a forth. Let them go, okay, and then no, not letting you go. Let them go, okay, no, I'm not letting them go. And there's this back and forth reality, and the people are exhausted by this until finally, at such a time, they get set free, they they go to the Red Sea, the waters open, and um, they got they pass through the waters, they come to a new land or a new journey on the way to a new land, and then all of Pharaoh's army that pursues them through those parted waters, are covered over and washed away as the waters come back over them. And so Pharaoh's army is crushed. Now, you've got to remember, this is a, a, a whole nation of people on the go. A lot of mouths to feed, a lot of people to care for. They're on their way, they get a little ways into it, and they're realizing for us to keep going, we need resource. <laughs> We, what's that old saying, you know, an army marches on its stomach. That's one of the biggest issues for people that are strategic planners when it comes to war and the mobilization of, 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 of war is you've got to get provision to the front line. You've got to keep your people fed. So anyways, they're getting out there. They're realizing, hey, we need some food. This is um, not going so great. We're running out of resource. And then in Exodus 16, well, let, let me just pick up there in verse 1. Here's, here's what's happening. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam, came to the desert of Sinai, which between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they'd come out of Egypt. And in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses. I love it, you know, and Aaron. It's like they knew it was God that led them out, but let's just take it out on anyone that's in leadership. We're good at that, aren't we? We do that as people. We take out, we take out those that we can see in front of us <laughs> rather than take up our issue with the God who called us into that space in the first place. Anyway, um, the Israelites said to Moses and Aaron, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. What an insult to God. God had just expended his love for them to set them free. <laughs> They're like, oh, if only he'd just killed us. What? These are people that don't know who they are. 
they're, and listen, they're, they're reflecting back now on Egypt. Isn't it funny when, anyway, there we sat around pots of meat and we ate all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. <laughs> you know when you're in a pinch? <laughs> it's like the grass is always better from where we once came. <laughs> you know, when the pressure's on, it's like, oh, it was way better back then. If only we could go back there. And, it, and it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Because they've forgotten they were living under oppression. Bricks, 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 bricks. That's your job and I'm going to make it harder and harder and harder and harder for you. They're living under that. And they're like, oh, I'd rather go back to that. Than live with the freedom of the living God who has led them by his manifest presence. Incredible. Incredible. We're like that though, aren't we? And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you and the people are to go out each day and gather enough for the day and in this way I'll test them to see whether they'll follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare uh, what they bring in and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling. That's encouraging to know, really. Despite our grumbling, despite our grumbling, the Father is not turned off. He's not turned off by our grumbling. Better us turn up and grumble than not turn up at all. Hello? Hello? Moses also said, You'll know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning. <laughs> all the bread. This is like pre-Sizzler. Pre-Sizzler, the days of Sizzler. You know, the all-you-can-eat bar. He will give you all that you want in the morning. Wow. Because he's heard your grumbling against him. <laughs> who are we? You're not grumbling. Moses is saying, who are we? He says, you're not grumbling against us, but it's against the Lord. And Moses and Aaron told Aaron, say to them, the, the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord. For he's heard your grumbling. And while Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the manifest glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you'll eat meat, and in the morning you'll be filled with bread. Filled with bread. Then you'll know that I'm the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes of frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord's commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need, take an omer, for each person, which is a measurement, for each person that you have in your tent. And the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, 
The one who gathered much didn't gather too much and the one who gathered little didn't gather too little. You can't have too much or you can't have too little. The Father looks after your need. Everyone had gathered just as much as they'd needed. And then Moses said to them, no one's to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. And they kept part of it until the morning. But by morning, what they had kept was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. And on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers per person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake, boil what you want to boil, and save whatever is left until the morning. So they saved it until the morning, as Moses commanded. Provision. This is an incredible story but of, of the faithfulness of God to provide for those he calls to follow him. No matter how the circumstance looks or seems, our Father provides. So when we're praying our Father, it's this Father, it's this God, the God who provides, who we are, who we are talking with, who we are engaging with. Um, I found this fantastic quote during the week. It was actually in my devotionals and there's one that I've been... Um, where have I put it? Maybe it's on the. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't put it here. I bet I'll, I'll I'll find it for next week. But it's a guy called Brueggemann, and he he talks about when we enter into this place of Sabbath or this place of trusting God for our life, our whole life, our Monday to Friday coming and going, our Monday to Sunday coming and going, life, our whole life. He, he talks about taking rest, a, play, a day of rest, just like um, Moses was in, instructed to tell the people here. He talks about it as an act of resistance. Oh, actually, here it is. I found it. Let me, let me read it to you. Brueggemann says this. He's written a book called Sabbath as Resistance. He says, I have come to think of the fourth commandment on the Sabbath is perhaps the most difficult and the most urgent of the commandments that in our society because it summons us to intent and conduct that defies the most elemental requirements of a commodity-propelled society that specialises in control and entertainment. Just let that land for a second. It's pretty confronting what he's saying right there. It summons us to intent and conduct that defies the most elemental requirements of a commodity-propelled society that specialises in control and entertainment and circuses. Sabbath becomes a decisive, concrete, visible way of opting for aligning our life with the God of rest. Isn't it interesting that deliverance, freedom, and rest is the Father's heart for us, our God's heart for us, and he wants to 
invite us into that place of abandoning control, of letting go of the materialism for which we're driven by, and, and all of the circuses and entertainment that our culture propels us to say, unless you're there, then you're no one. But he says, let me be the God of rest for you. I want to bring you out from underneath all of that. And I think, I, th- I think if Jesus, as Jesus people, we, we live from that place of knowing our Father, when we pray to him, our Father, he will provide for us more than we need. Well, let's just start with, with everything that we need to begin with, be it a little or a lot. Now, f- today, there's a bunch of us in the room who need the Father, our Father, to provide for them. It may be economic. It may be relationally. It may be spiritual. You, you need the Father to provide. And you may feel like, oh, it's only a little, so why would I even put myself forward? Because we tend to self-select ourselves out of the equation as a rule because we don't know our Father. But if we knew him, we would, we would clearly understand that he's not self-selecting us out. He's self-selecting us in. He's calling us in to our true identity as his kids. He wants to provide whether you're here needing a little or you are needing to see a whole lot of the Father provide for a circumstance that is way, way beyond your or my ability to control. This is our, this is our moment to live the story of the kingdom of God and the God of rest as we align ourselves with him and resist resist the powers that are at work in the earth saying you need this and thus and so or you're missing out no no we have all that we need in our father our father wants to provide for us um just slide seven if you could jump onto slide seven for me thanks um isaac why daily bread? Why do we ask for daily bread? Well, it helps us to remain relationally connected to our Father. The Father likes your presence. I love it when my kids just want to come and sit on the couch with me for two minutes in their busy life. There's something about that as a, as a parent as a, that's like, they just want to be with me for a few minutes. How, how God is like, you know, or, or, you know when, when you're in that place of like, I just want to be with my dad or my mom. And for some of us, our dads and mums uh, have, have gone on to be with the Lord. But there's still that, I, I want to, I just, if I can only just sit with them for a few minutes. Our God is like this. He's welcoming of us to come and sit with him, even if it's just for a few minutes. And so that's why he says, Jesus says, when you Pray, give us our daily bread. It's a daily, just just for a few moments with the Father, every day. And live from that, the provision of his presence every day. Wait for him to feed you. It's It's a way, Jesus is saying here, this will help you turn up 
even as the Father is turning up every day. It keeps us also very aware of our most basic needs. I need food. Most days when I'm driving home, every other day I'm like, I'm just going past the bakery to get some bread on the way home for lunch. And it reminds us, this kind of prayer reminds us of our most basic need. And not only our most basic need, each other's most, most, most basic needs. The poor of our region, their most basic needs. They need food. They need bread. There's people in the world that are living in all sorts of terrible, terrible conditions. They need bread. It helps us to remain deeply connected to that stuff. And it also reminds us of the incredible generosity of our Father. Whether you need a little or a lot, there's, there's provision from him. He's generous. This daily prayer, it engages our hearts. It engages our resources with the Father's heart for the well-being of others. This is the way of kingdom provision. His presence leading us yesterday, leading us today, leading us tomorrow. Give us today our daily bread. That's just one bread story and we're going to leave it there. So today... I think there's a, a few invitations on God's heart for us. One is the God of rest. The God of rest is inviting all of us, all of us, to align ourselves with his generous provision for our lives. Every aspect of it. Our relationship with him, generously provided for by Jesus, his son, coming, living, dying, rising, ascending, and now ruling and reigning in all of the earth and the heavens. Anyone that's got a heart that's beating, God's saying, I've sent my son for you. Whether it's our economic circumstances, whether it's our relationships, whatever it is, God is inviting us to align ourselves with him it's a decisive, concrete, visible way to yourself and to the audience in the spiritual realm that's watching that I'm saying I'm going to trust our Father. And there's some of us, so there's some, some of us are feeling that today, like I, I'm, I'm being called out here by the love of God. <laughs> I'm going to come out from underneath the circus and the oppression of all of the commodity-propelled stuff, and I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm being called out by his love, and he wants to set me free and bring me into his loving provision for my life. And for some of us in the room, we're aware of that invitation, and today it's like, oh, God, it's only a little, but I need, I need provision. Or whether it's a lot, I need provision. There's a couple of invitations going on. So let's stand and just invite our Father to come and minister his love to us. God, you've been so kind and with your loving presence, with your powerful presence, you've been moving in this room even as we've spent time together listening to your word and opening the scriptures and allowing our lives to be drawn in by your Holy Spirit. So we welcome you. Would you come, Lord? 
come, Lord. In, just, just come. Increase your, your loving presence among us, Father, by the power of your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More, Lord. We bless what you're doing, Lord. We bless what you're doing, Lord. We bless what you're doing, Lord. More, Lord. We are a naturally supernatural people in your presence. More, Lord. That's it. Now, there's a lot going on in here I can see that's happening. But that I think that comment from um, Brueggemann about aligning ourselves with the God of rest, he, sa- he talks about it's, it's an intent it, it has intention and it's concrete of aligning ourselves with God. I, I want to invite you, if you want to align yourself with the God of rest, our Father, I, I want to invite you right now, would you, would you come and just stand right down here? Because by doing that, what you're saying is I, I am intentionally... Physically, spiritually, relationally, the whole deal, I'm, I'm choosing to come out from where I am and into alignment with the God of rest, our Father. Just come, just come down here. Just come down here. That's it. More, Lord. That's it. More, Lord. That's the way. Thank you, Lord. Father, for those of you who are s- still in your seats and doing business, that's fine. Some of you, some of you might be looking out the front here and thinking, "I need to go and I need to go and be a part of what's happening there for those guys. I need to just come and step towards what God's doing here." So feel free to come and bless what God's doing up here. I just need some people to come and lay hands on and and um, partner with the work of the Holy Spirit going to wait for a few folk to come up and do that before I keep going. A couple more would be great. Thanks. Men, if you want to come pray, that's okay, but just make sure you jump in a group where there's a, a lady already praying there. A couple more would be great. Now, I still need like a one, two, three more, three more people. Come, come, come! I need some, I need some hearts and hands. <laughs> yep, that's it. Just place your hands on them. Bless what God's doing.
That's it. Come on up. A few more. Back there. 